Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. Again, this is Andrew Frazier, your host, and excited to be back with you again this Tuesday evening, really talking small business. As you know, each week we have a special guest who is a business thought leader, business expert, um, entrepreneur, who can share some valuable expertise and knowledge with you as a business owner or potential business owner so that you can have greater perspective and knowledge so that you can be more successful in what you're doing and what you want to do. So this week I'm excited. We've got Jeff Cantor, Colonel Jeff, and really he's got a tremendous wealth of experience and expertise. We're going to be talking about leadership by example. And having been an army officer, you know, he's had an opportunity to lead, you know, in the public, in the military as well as in the civilian side. He's had, you know, at different times, he's had hundreds and even thousands of people reporting to him that he was in charge of leading. And, you know, having an opportunity that you develop a lot of skills, you learn how to work with people. And big reason why we call our show Leadership Live is because as a business owner, you're really, what it takes to be successful is you have to be a leader. You have to lead your organization. You have to lead your people. So learning how to lead from seasoned leaders is a valuable experience because, you know, some things about leadership are innate, but many of them are learned and developed that over time. And whoever you are and however you operate, there's different types and styles of leadership. So, you know, you can be a good leader if you put your mind to it and you take the time to develop your skills and learn and work at it. So that's one thing that Leadership Live is all about. So tonight we've got Jeff Cantor. Um, currently he runs Lima Charlie Construction, but not only that, he started the Veterans Chamber of Commerce here in New Jersey several years ago and they've been doing great things. So. Very excited to have Jeff joining us this evening, and um, welcome, Jeff. Thanks for for joining us and being here tonight. Andrew, so it's a pleasure to see you. Okay, 
Definitely, definitely. You know, we had a chance to chat for a while a couple months ago and really talk a little bit about what you're doing with your organization. And, you know, as a member, um, you know, I always want to know what the opportunity is for me as well. And, you know, definitely you and Francisco um, are doing some great things to help the members be more successful. So definitely appreciate that. And, you know, look forward to just really talking to you more about leadership, you know, some of your um, challenges, opportunities, successes, um, sometimes failures. I mean, sometimes you learn more from a failure than a success. Um, so, you know, before you know, starting out, would love to just you know learn a little bit about your journey. Where did you start from? You know, what have you gone through to get you to where you are, and what are some of the key learnings that you've had throughout the process? Sure. Well, it's it's a pleasure to be here with you, Andrew, and everyone else. Um, I can't thank you enough for for allowing me to come here to speak today. Um, you know, my my journey began. I grew up in in Brooklyn, New York, uh, a million years ago, uh, and then went to school in Buffalo and uh, got commissioned. Uh, well, at first, I joined the military for two years uh, as an enlisted person, and then went back out to ROTC, got commissioned as a second lieutenant. Uh, in the infantry and continued my journey from there. So went on active duty for a while um, and then decided that, you know what, maybe it's best if I go into the reserves. So uh, did my time uh, in an active status and transitioned to the reserves for uh, what turned out to be a total time of, of 32 years. Uh, so I started out as a private first class and wound up retiring as a full bird colonel. So I've had a, a really, really great run in the military absolutely loved what I did. And I always said to myself, uh, when it stops being fun, that's when I'm going to get out of the military. But it never stopped being fun for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, lo I love the challenges of the military. I love the challenges of the situations that I was in, of the people that I commanded and, and led. Uh, and it, it made me who I am today. So I'm a much better person for it. So the interesting thing is I, uh, I live here in, in Marlboro, New Jersey. And um, I ended up uh, running for uh, office. Um, I was, I am a, currently a city councilman in, in Marlboro, but I uh, ran for higher office. Uh, unfortunately, I lost fifty three forty six to an incumbent, so I didn't win. But during that time frame, I did meet up with a guy by the name of Phil Murphy, who is now our governor, obviously, and this is before he decided to run. Uh, so he and I spoke a lot and I ended up advising him on some veterans issues and he decided that uh, when he became governor, he put me in charge of veterans economic development and finding a way forward for, for veterans in that sphere. Um, worked for the state of New Jersey for about uh, a year and a half and realized that the state is really not set up to uh, create a, a better, more fundamental way for veterans to compete for state contracts county contracts, municipal contracts, uh, as well as the private sector. So um, that's when uh, we decided to uh, open and found the uh, New Jersey State Veterans Chamber of Commerce. So we started that in November of 2018. We kicked it off. We had over 500 people at the event. It was a really great event, and we've been growing ever since. Right now, we have 786 members as part of the Veterans Chamber, uh, which we're very proud of. And we've gotten a lot of traction with the state. So my time in state government allowed me to build connections with people throughout the state 
And um, I access those people and, and those agencies to see what we can do to better support the veterans community, both as a veteran-owned business owner and a disabled veteran business owner. There's got to be ways to improve the ability for veterans to compete for, for contracts. And so that's really where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, also in 2018, I started Lima Charlie Construction. Um, Lima Charlie is a heavy civil construction uh, company. We started, uh, actually, excuse me, it was December 2018, so just after I started the chamber. And um, we, I took my years of, of experience in project management and work ethic and you know big ticket uh, projects that we've done overseas, and I brought it back home here. Um, and I'm really proud to say that I've grown Lima Charlie to a very uh, uh, nice size company. Um, this year's revenues will probably top $10 million. Uh, but it will definitely top $10 million because we're at $10 million in a contract right now and, and we're bidding on more projects. So um, yeah, being CEO of a multi-million dollar company really allows me to see things in a different light. And, um, you know, just because you're going and you have momentum, you never know when things get in your way and foul everything up. You know, this pandemic hit and it hurt everybody. Uh, the first half of 2020, uh, you, we no one was putting out bids because nobody was working in the office. So there was no contracts to go after. So I wanted to make sure that my troops, my my um, my employees were taken care of. So I went out a paycheck for six months uh, to ensure that they got paid, that they kept uh, uh, that they were employed um, until we uh, things got better. And. I think that went a long way to show them that I'm willing to suffer uh, along with them when times are tough and we prosper together when times are good. So that's a leadership lesson that I hold very you know, close to the heart and I try to instill that uh, in, in everything I do every single day. Excellent. So no, very impressive. I mean, that definitely that encapsulates what we're talking about, leadership by example and really you know, people need to see you demonstrate um, your leadership, and that, that's a huge way that they can see it and, and value it. So, excellent. So, I didn't even realize you had 786 members in the chamber. That's huge. You, you're probably one of the largest chambers in New Jersey. And well, we're definitely in the top 10 for sure, uh, as rated by NJ Biz. So, uh, that it, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. We we have a niche audience, right? So we focus on veterans, disabled veterans, student veterans, and military spouses. Uh, we try to find a, a better and more inclusive economic environment uh, for all of them. Okay, excellent, excellent. And, and I guess Brooklyn's in the house tonight. <laughs> so cool. Uh, definitely uh, have fond memories of. Brooklyn uh, from growing up. Not that I ever made it there until I was an adult, but you know, definitely with the rap music and all the other stuff, uh, you know, always wanted to go there. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was it was a nice place to grow up, but I was I was happy to leave and and move forward. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, went to school in Buffalo, so I got outside the city. Uh, went to a different city and. Uh, learned a lot and then being stationed down south taught me a lot of stuff as well okay excellent excellent so yeah so you know we got a lot of stuff to get into today um definitely we'll probably want to start a little bit about 
leadership lessons learned, especially through the military. You know, having been in the military as well, um, learned a lot of valuable leadership skills and lessons. And you know, for people who haven't been in the military, um, as a business owner, you can benefit from some of those things, especially as your business grows and managing people. Because many times, a lot of people aren't used to managing people and leading them. So, and you know, I'm sure you've learned a lot of things in the military, uh, like I did. Some of them you learned by seeing great examples of leadership. Some you've learned by seeing terrible exa examples of leadership. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about you know some of the key leadership things that you've taken away from in the from being in the military sure so uh like i said you know 32 years in the military i've had uh mostly great experiences you know the, certainly you know with three deployments underneath my belt there were some tough times in there but um i've seen the most amazing uh leaders and uh people that stumble all over themselves that can't get out of their own way and so you know, you can absolutely learn from both, right? So, um, you know, I was lucky to serve under um, then Colonel Bill Mavel, who was a 173rd Airborne uh, Brigade commander who uh, parachuted into northern Iraq during the initial invasion uh, in the northern front. And Colonel Mavel, who actually retired as a lieutenant general, uh, was probably the most amazing visionary leader I've ever come across. Um, he saw some of the problems and was able to think two and three steps ahead of where he actually was. And I think that's a really innate, uh, great leadership skill. If you not only see the problem before you, but take a look at the second and third order effects of what might happen uh, if you go down this path or if you make this decision, what are some of the issues that you might face? So he was really amazing at being a visionary leader to see two and three steps ahead so he can sort of prepare uh, for that and truly was uh, the most amazing leader I've ever served with. Uh, incredible, incredible uh, leader. Um, and, and then there are those leaders that uh, care more about themselves than they care about the troops, which uh, shows, it shows pretty, uh, pretty fast and um, they're not very well respected. Um, and so one of the things that I've always taken to heart is you always take care of the troops before you take care of yourself. And, you know, when leading in business, the same thing applies. Like I said earlier, you know, I went without a paycheck for six months uh, and I suffered. I really suffered. I was charging up my credit cards and, you know, running into debt. And it was it was a very, very difficult time. But everybody was in a difficult time at that point. So. Um, I wanted to make sure that my people were taken care of so that they could prosper and they could do well. Um, and, uh, you know, it was important to me to lead that way. And I, I take that to heart because I learned that in the military. In the military, you you know, as an officer, troops eat first, you know, you eat last. Um, you know, make sure your troops are taken care of first before you are. Uh, and I hold that very, very close to my heart. Uh, which is which is really really important, uh, and then the other thing is you know make as many contacts as possible so that you can network and get things done. So you know oftentimes whether it be in business or, or in the military, you you have a good idea. It's like oh man, we should be doing things this way. Well, if you don't have a network behind you to help you get there or to help you with that second and third order effects. Um, chances are you're going to fall 
uh, and you don't want to do that. So having that network, um, reaching out to other people, getting their input, getting their buy-in to try and also sort of steer the ship in that direction really goes a long way. And it's something that is really important to me because I learned the hard way if you don't have a network, um, oftentimes you fall on your face. And there's a great African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. And it's really important that I take that to heart because it's very, very true. Um, you could get more accomplished with a network of people than you can off and, and running by yourself. No, those are great examples. Um, you know, I always talk about relationships are one of the most important things, not just in business, but in life and being able to be a relationship builder and, you know, not be transactional, but add value to other people. And um, it comes back to you in many ways over time, but you have to take the first step. Um, so definitely that you, you also mentioned taking care of your troops, uh, you know, definitely many times your people are your most valuable resource and if you don't take care of them and create an environment that encourages them to do their best then you know you're shortchanging your success and your business's success and <clears throat> i really liked what you talked about with the general <clears throat> because you know really great leaders can see around the bend they can you know, they can see stuff before it happens. And a big piece of that is taking the time to plan and strategize and really evaluate and analyze situations. Um, and as a business leader, you know, you're responsible for others and you're responsible for making good decisions. And, you know, to make good decisions, you have to have good information and take the time to understand what things you know what the trends are what's happening and take that back and put it into a strategy and a plan for you to um you know address it and you know do it successfully so no i love love what you're saying here um really key um you know so we've talked a little bit about the military um we've got a question here from daryl um, and really what he wants to hear a little bit about is, you know, talk a little bit about the differences between leadership in the military, government, and private sector, because um, there are some real differences, and you've been in each of those. So, um, you know, if you could speak to that a little bit, that would be great. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great question, Daryl. So, you know, when you think about the military, the military has a, a structure already set up. You know, you have your senior officers, your junior officers, your senior non-commissioned officers, your non-commissioned officers, your enlisted. And there's a hierarchy there and sort of flows down. But the good officers will sit with their NCOs, will sit with their enlisted and say, all right, what do you think is the right approach? Um, and learn from their perspective because they see it from a different lens. They, they, they're wearing a different pair of shoes when they're walking through the, the hills. And you need to walk in their shoes too to see it from their perspective. And I think that that's really important. I would say that probably my toughest time uh, in any role was working for the state of New Jersey. Um, I came in thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to make all these changes uh, and really make things better for veterans in the state of New Jersey. 
The issue was that there's an infrastructure already built in, uh, you know, the Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, and they're used to doing things a certain way. And I came at it from a completely outside point of view of what needs to improve. You know, I did my research on like how people were not getting uh, the resources that they needed, uh, that the state was not meeting their expectations to address veterans issues. So I came out as like, all right, here's what we need to do. We need to change this um, and, um, and, and just change the entire course of action. The problem was I didn't have a strong enough network in state government to make those changes. So I was getting really, really frustrated because I had all these great ideas I wanted to implement, but I didn't have the, the resources to do it. You know, I, I said, you know what? One of the things that we need to do in the state of New Jersey is really help in formerly incarcerated veterans because they have no pathway back. And the recidivism rate of incarcerated veterans are, are significantly uh, higher than those of non-veterans. So one of the things that I, I did is like I, I, I met with others and I, I, I built a network uh, of, of folks in that space to say, all right, you know what, let's talk about how we can really, you know, help these formerly incarcerated veterans re-enter society. Uh, what do we do for, for jobs for them? What do we do for housing for them? What do we do for mental health support? So I got a, a, a group of people together that was really fantastic um, and that really had a vested interest in seeing this go through. So everyone had skin in the game, so to speak. And that's really an important thing is, is if you really want to go far with something, everybody has to have skin in the game for it in order for it to work. And so we put together this program. I got no support from my organization that I was working for, but we ended up writing a, a, a huge 125-page grant and had all these resources put together and built an infrastructure to really support incarcerated veterans. Um, and once they once they re-entered society, which which was really good. So you know, it's important to build those networks. And um, you know, sometimes you don't know who is in that space and who those networks are, but eventually you'll find out by meeting people and they'll turn you on to this person who will introduce you to that person who will say, oh, you got to talk to this person because that's what they're doing. Uh, so eventually you can, you can find who these networks are. And I would say lastly, in the private sector, leadership is important. If you want to build a good business, now listen, let's just say, for example, you are a sole proprietor. You're one person, uh, you know, marching to your own beat and trying to create something. So you can go far on, you can go fast, excuse me, on your own. Uh, if you want to go far, you have to still build those networks and, and go with others. So um, one of the things I did was I joined organizations uh, uh, in that space that I was in. So I'm a heavy civil construction company. So the utility and transportation uh, workers, uh, you know, other organizations that support those. And I just networked with people. I met different people. I reached out to different people. I connected with them on LinkedIn to see, hey, you know what? Can you spare 15 minutes just to talk about things in general? And um, I established who my mentors were. And having mentors in a space that you are just delving in is really, really important because um, they already have the experience in those in that space. And if you want to enter that space and you want to offer something new in that space, it's best to have someone that's been in that space because they could advise you very, very effectively. So mentorship is really important. Um, building those networks is critical. 
uh, and and taking care of those. For those business owners that have employees, taking care of your employees is the number one most important task for any entrepreneur out there, bar none, period, end of story. Um, you could you could create something and burn through all your employees, which is going to cost you money. It's going to be uh, non-efficient or inefficient, uh, and you're going to end up going out of business without having employees. So taking care of your employees, first and foremost, is the most important thing, because if you're loyal to them, they'll stay loyal to you, and together you'll, you'll succeed. So I think those are the really nuances between the military, the public sector, and being a, a private sector entrepreneur. Okay, great, great responses. Uh, you know, just want to highlight a couple of things that you, you talked about. And, you know, one of the big things, you know, having transitioned myself is, you know, getting used to the culture, which is how we do things around here. Because sometimes if you've only been with one organization, you assume that that's how the world works. But, you you know, when you get to every organization has a different culture and you have to figure out how to work within the culture. So, um, you know, definitely you learn by trying things and seeing how they work. But you know, once you understand it and, you know, you need mentorship to understand cultures and how, how to be successful where you are. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but I always found it was very easy to get mentors if you were serious and really interested in what you were trying to do um, and what they were doing. Um, how what has been your experience? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Andrew. Um, you know, if people see that you're serious, if people see that you're willing to work hard, they want to mentor you. They, if they see how hard you work and how serious you are, and you know your willingness to to do whatever it takes to succeed, they feel good mentoring you, uh, and it's it goes a long way. You know, I've met I've met so many great people that have mentored me, that have guided me, and I've been very very lucky uh, to have them in my life and to to help me along because. You know, sometimes you have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, but sometimes it's easier just to get a hand up and, you know, help let them help you um, because you can go faster and farther. Yes, definitely. And, and also on the other side is many of my mentors, I've been able to help, you know, because everybody needs help. So it's not a one, necessarily a one-way street. Uh, you know, there's things that you know or experiences or ideas or thoughts that you can help them with as well. So um, you, you always want to think from a value um, standpoint, you know, how are you creating value for other people and how are they creating value for you? Because if, if that's not happening, then it's not going to be a successful relationship. Um, you know, it's so funny that you say that you're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, there, there's a man that I met and we actually just met for lunch. We're like, all right, you know what? This an initial lunch just to see, just to bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, and this man's name is Dr. Dale Caldwell. I don't know if you know uh, Dale at all. But Dr. Caldwell is hes just such an amazing person. He has such a wealth of knowledge and a great background. So when I was working for the state of New Jersey, uh, I reached out to him. And he was the one that actually guided me through a lot of stuff and and sort of opened my eyes to the fact that there's going to be a lot of obstacles working for the state and what I'm trying to do and how to sort of get around them. So he, his knowledge base was invaluable. It was so helpful uh, and so great to have somebody there that, that had worked for the state of New Jersey now is, is sort of in the entrepreneur 
uh, and mentorship roles that he's in at, at FDU. And he's been a great advisor for me uh, to help me along the way. Excellent. No, Dale's, um, you know, we've been friends for 10 plus years. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, it, and it's amazing how things happen. I went on the walk to Washington. Not sure if you're familiar, but the New Jersey yeah. State Chamber, you know, has a walk to Washington where you go on the Amtrak train and you just network the whole way. And Dale and I met there. It was, it was you know, interesting. We connected. We talked. I think someone introduced us and they were like, you know, you need to uh, know each other. And he had just come out with his book and, um, you know, and over the years we've collaborated. You know, he actually came and spoke at one of my Power Breakfast events. Um, you know, he's helped me with things. I helped him get an opportunity to speak at, you know, a national conference. And, you know, right now at FDU, you know, I've done some training um, in his programs and actually we're collaborating on the certification programs for the Small Business Pro University. So you just never know where your relationships are going to go. And it's not always immediate. You know, it's over time and, and um, you know, you talk about, you know, if you want to be successful, you know, if you want to go far, um, you know, you can go by yourself, but, or if you want to go fast, you can go by yourself. If you want to go far, you need to go with others. And I think something that lines up with that and I always think about is, you know, a lot of times in business and especially dealing with people, slow is fast and fast is slow. So, you know, you have to take the time to communicate and get on the same page before you can move forward. Because if you don't, you're not going to move forward in the same way as effectively. But, you know, taking the time to lay the groundwork, even if it seems like you're staying in place, you know, it's sort of like bamboo. Uh, you know, bamboo, you plant it, you see nothing for a long time and then one day it just shoots out of the ground it might be you know 20 feet tall in a month and you know that's really you know when you're in business when you're doing things things don't happen overnight you have to plan and put it together but then when it's time to execute you can really execute effectively so. absolutely and and be prepared to pivot because you know your strategy might work and only take you so far and then you have to pivot to go even farther. I, I tell you what, I learn something new every single day as an entrepreneur. Uh, there's been stuff. I, I actually I lost uh, a couple of million dollar jobs uh, because I didn't have something. Something was off. Something was wrong. Uh, and I will tell you, oh, that kills. You know, to lose a million dollar contract two times is very very painful and they were both over different different things but man do you learn quickly when you feel that pain um and you know you know for those who study the martial arts uh you know muscle memory pain is a, is a good reminder you know if you don't want to get punched you better block um so <laughs> yeah and you learn quickly because if you keep getting punched you're not going to last too long um and so you know, you learn these things and oh, being able to pivot is so important uh, as an entrepreneur. Definitely being able to pivot. You know, I, I always say when I'm training, it's like, you know, there's two ways you can learn in business. You can learn by, you know, taking the time to 
figure things out or you can learn by losing money. Which one do you prefer? It's <laughs> exactly right. That's and, exactly uh, right. You know, everybody's going to lose some money in business because it's an investment and it's a learning process. But um, you can avoid losing a lot of money by taking the time to talk to mentors, put together your plan, um, and really analyze what, what you're doing. So, so that's key and critical. So, no, this is great. Um, you know, definitely great insights, great conversations. So we got some questions as well. So, um, you know, do you have any experience with government contracting? <laughs> oh boy, do I have experience. Talk a little bit about that. Cause that could be kind of crazy. So absolutely. So, you know, uh, it's a great question, Timothy, and thanks for asking it. So, you know, when you think of government contracting, you have to think of multiple types of government tr contracting, right? So there's federal government contracting, there's state government contracting, there's county and municipality government contracting. Uh, so you have to know uh, what, you know, what you're talking about. So if you're talking about the federal space, um, you know, right now, pretty much everything that, that comes out for federal contracting is on uh, Beta SAM, right? So you can look at Beta SAM or SAM.gov. They're combining it into one now um, and see what is in your specialty in your area. It's not the easiest program or platform to use. It's, it's actually very complicated, but at least it'll give you a, a good understanding of, of what's there. If you're talking about state, and I'll circle back to federal contracting in a minute, but if you're talking about state contracting, uh, there are uh, areas where you can certainly um, focus on. Number one is if you are a diverse business, if you're a minority, women, veteran-owned, disabled veteran-owned, uh, if you're any of those uh, I would, or a small business enterprise, I would tell you get certified immediately. The state of New Jersey has waived all the fees that normally is associated with certifications. You know, it was overall, it was usually $105 to get certified as a small business enterprise. It was $100 to get certified as a, as a veteran-owned business or a minority business or a woman business. The state of New Jersey, since the pandemic has, has hit, has waived all those fees. So if you haven't gotten certified, get certified immediately. So right now, the state of New Jersey has two programs, two set-aside laws, for diverse businesses. They have a, a small business enterprise um, and they have a, a set aside of 25% of all state contracts that will be set aside for small businesses. And they have a service disabled veteran owned business uh, set aside of 3%. So those right now are the two set asides currently uh, public law in the state of New Jersey. Uh, right now there's not any minority or women businesses, um, but Having said that, if there's money coming down the from the federal government, oftentimes there's a DBE spend associated with that. And DBE, you have to be certified as a DBE disadvantaged business enterprise. But if you are, that's uh, focused on minority and women based, um, then you can get some of that state funding through like NJDOT, uh, the, the Turnpike Authority, uh, School Development Authority, that, that sort of thing. So the state has done a poor job enforcing uh, the disabled veteran-owned business set-aside program. They are making improvements. Um, I, just recently, uh, my company, Lima Charlie, won a $1.4 million contract uh, doing mainline milling and paving on the Garden State Parkway up in Bergen County. So 
we are starting to see some movement. And I know um, uh, the other leader uh, of the uh, Veterans Chamber of Commerce, Francisco uh, Cortez, actually got a uh, contract with the state of New Jersey for uh, an open uh, contract for marketing services and advertising services. So little by little, it's starting to come around. I know that um, there's a company called Walker Diving and Underwater Construction, who's led by David Earp, who's a former Navy SEAL. He's gotten some business uh, from the state of New Jersey. So again, little by little, it's trickling in. And the good thing is that the chamber is sort of holding every single state agency, all 72 state agencies accountable for enforcing the set aside uh, for that program. Uh, so we are starting to see some, some opportunities there. What I would say though, if you want to, and then lastly, let me just jump back to um, county municipal government contracting. So right now, they're really, uh, it's a separate way to contract with counties and municipalities than it is to contract with the state. Two totally separate purchasing programs there. Um, so it's, it's completely low bid uh, service to try and get contracts uh, with with the county or municipalities. Uh, it's also a little bit with the state, but they also factor in some other things like experience and that sort of stuff. But getting back to the federal government piece of contracting, um, we have something in New Jersey called the PTAC, which is a Procurement Technical Assistance Center. Uh, it is housed at NJIT uh, under the leadership of Raul Mercado. And they have people, I know uh, Rachel Klein-Pintori is a person who helped me out considerably. Uh, they have something called My Bid Watch. And based upon how you set up your company, what your next code is, uh, what sort of uh, realm you're in, what industry you're in, they have something called My Bid Watch where uh, if you work with the PTAC, they will do this program for you where they will actually send you all of the federal and state contracts in your industry and giving your NICS codes uh, so that uh, you can see what type of opportunities are available. So if you haven't contacted the PTAC as of yet, I highly encourage you to reach out to them at NJIT. And if you Google NJIT PTAC, all the information will come up there. They're a great organization to work with. Okay, that's a great point. Um... There are so many resources for small businesses that many business owners just don't know about. And, you know, with the PTAC, you know, many people don't know about, you already paid for it in your taxes. So there's no cost for you to go there. So definitely setting up an appointment. Also, there's another PTAC in New Jersey. So if you're in Union County, you can go to UCEDC, um, which is also, you know, a CDFI, micro lender, other things and you know they they would be excited to work with you too so you know you've got that um you know the state of new jersey contracting um it's helpful to get that it's great that there's no fees and you know a lot of people don't do that because they just are overwhelmed or a little bit fearful for what's needed but the process is so much easier now it's online you can upload everything as you get it and um you know, if you need help with it, there's organizations like the Small Business Development Center, like SCORE, uh, call me. You know, I've done that and helped people with it. Um, you know, it really doesn't have to be that complex. And if there's something you're not sure about, 
um, there's an easy fix. You just may not know it uh, because sometimes they ask you for your board meeting minutes or whatever. But you know, I've got templates. It's real quick and easy to do that stuff if you know what you're doing. So um, definitely, you know, thanks Jeff for mentioning the certification because that, that's that's important and valuable. Uh, so we've got another question for you from Miani in the audience, and um, you know, I think definitely this is key. Um, you know, employees are resources and key. But how do you get the right ones? Um, how do you get the ones that are going to support your culture and really help to move your business forward in a good way? Sure. Uh, Miani, that's a very, very uh, good question. Um, you know, Finding good talent is really, really hard right now. Uh, I know a lot of businesses are, are hurting. They're trying to find talent, and it's, it's very tough. You know, um, the... Uh, Unemployment benefits are really, really uh, plentiful right now. So there's uh, not a sudden urge for some people to, to go back to work. And it hurts a lot of businesses. It really does. So how do you find the right people? That's that's a really good question. You know, obviously, you can go to a headhunter, which is going to cost you a lot of money. But what I often do is I, I, I go back to the networks, you know, trying to find people. So I'm, I'm a veteran. Um, I go to the joint base to see who's transitioning out of the military. I go to some of the SBDCs. The SBDCs, by the way, are, are absolutely fantastic to, uh, to work with. And they can help you in so many ways. Um, there's, a, there's an organization called Bridging the Gap. So if you want to hire veterans uh, to work for you, because veterans have great work ethic and you know are, are just absolutely terrific employees and good leaders, um, Bridging the Gap will help you find uh, meaningful uh, veterans to fill those roles. Um, and, you know, there's other networks. So there's the Hudson County Veteran Network that always sends out job opportunities. I know on the uh, New Jersey State Veterans Chamber of Commerce on the website, there's companies that post jobs all the time. And you don't have to be a member to post a job um, to, to find good talent. So there's different ways to try and find good talent. Um, if it's more of like a construction-based firm, I would say go to the Votech schools because you know they're training those people to to really uh, um, uh, you know do well in those type of fields. Um, so that's another area where you can go to. Some of the community colleges have uh, job sites. Some of the um, universities have job sites. So I would I would do that and and focus on those areas. Um, and then some of the city, like the city of Newark has um, some organizations which try to help people from Newark try to find meaningful employment. Um, so there's different things you can do to try and attract uh, good talent to your organization. Great. No, definitely. Um, you know, having good people starts with hiring good people. So um, that's definitely a good point. And, and yeah, there, there are options. You know, I've worked with businesses. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, one of my clients benefited a lot from was the Urban League. They have a, um, whatever you call it, re-entry program. But not only do they have, have, you know, help you get access to people, they do a training. So they do employment training for them. So, you know, they get to know them over a period of time and they have to, you know, complete certain things before they get recommended. And, um, you know, some of my clients have benefited from that um, and gotten some really good people who wanted to work and, you know, really prove themselves. So, you know, you, you have to be creative. 
Um, but surprisingly, if you're creative and you're creating the right environment and opportunity, you can usually find somebody. Um, so, but you may not find them the first time and you may not find them as fast as you'd like. So, um, so no, that's, that's excellent. So, yeah, so thanks, Bihani. Great question. Jeff's shared a lot of valuable knowledge and wisdom with us about leadership and, you know, want to get a chance for him to really, you know, wrap up and leave you with a few things that you can put to work immediately within your business because that's what it's all about. And, you know, you can hear and listen to people all the time, but if you don't take that and put it to work, what good is it? And, you know, that's really what this show is all about. So, you know, as we close out, what are some things that you want to leave uh, with people that they should try even tomorrow in a way to, you know, be more successful in their business and, and what they're doing? So uh, it's certainly, it, it's it's an absolutely great question, right? So um, one of the things I would probably say to you is, um, number one is emulate those that are doing it well. Right? So if you come across somebody who is doing it well, that seems to have their stuff together, that is doing it right, find out what they're doing and do the same thing and just learn from them. Uh, talk to them, ask them for advice. Because uh, if they're doing it well, I guarantee at one point they weren't doing it well. And so they know some of the pitfalls uh, that they can help you avoid. So that's number one. Number two is leaders are readers, right? So you have to continue to read to learn and to grow. You know, uh, there's a great book called uh, Patent on Leadership. Um, it's for, you know, corporate warfare. This book is so great because it's it's easy reading. Um, it's broken down by different uh, areas, um, you know, talking about like a simple plan of attack and ways that you can really uh, help grow and, and take lessons learned from the military and apply it to uh, life in uh, in the civilian on the civilian side and it's really really helpful uh really very very good book uh, uh leadership book but continue to read continue to grow and and read books that you don't think you normally would read because guess what you will learn something from that book that you didn't know already and you'll apply it and it'll make you a better leader and a better entrepreneur uh, number three, I would say is network. Go to every single event that you can possibly go to. Power Breakfast, for example. I mean, what a great event that looks like. That's just absolutely incredible. Uh, go to all these events because guess what? You will meet more people who will introduce you to other people who will help you meet certain people that you need to meet. Um, and you know, it's it's funny because every time that I go to an event, I'm like, oh, you know what? I say to myself sometimes, I'm really not going to get anything out of this. I'm just going to go there just to show face and uh, I'm really not going to take away anything. But sure enough, I go there, you know, I'm my jovial self. I'm upbeat. I'm energetic. Somebody sees me, says, oh, you know what? You have to speak to this person. And sure enough, that's the person that I really needed to speak to. But if I didn't go to that event, I would never met, have met the person to introduce me to that person. And the only way you're going to get business or that the only way that people give out business is to people that they know. So the more things you go to, the more people you'll get to know, the greater your chances of increasing your success in business. That's really, really important. I cannot stress that enough. Go to every single event you can possibly go to because you never know how it's going to help you. Um, number four is get certified. 
Make sure if you're a minority business owner, if you're a woman business owner, if you're a veteran business owner or disabled veteran business owner, get certified in the state of New Jersey or small business owner, I should say, as well. Um, that certification goes a long way. It's free, doesn't cost you anything right now, and can open up so many doors to you. Uh, Port Authority is looking for minority women, disabled veteran businesses. The MTA in New York is looking for them. Uh, every single agency, authority, they're all looking for minority women, veteran and disabled veteran businesses. I've had numerous conversations with uh, PSENG, who is dying to increase their spends with minority women and veteran businesses. Uh, get certified because that's your ticket into the game. Without that ticket, you can't play in that game. You can't enter the stadium. But with that ticket, a whole new uh, market of opportunities uh, are there for you. And last but not least, uh, join an advocacy group. If you're African-American or black, join the African-American uh, Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey. If you're Hispanic, join the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey. If you're a veteran or disabled veteran, join the New Jersey State Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Those advocacy groups are going to help you because they're your voice in talking to other state agencies, municipalities, private businesses. Um, and I can't tell you as the CEO of the Veterans Chamber, how many people call me every day saying, hey, you know what? Do you have a veteran business that does this? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. So join those advocacy groups because they will recommend you for business opportunities that, that are out there. Um, and if you're certified and you're part of that advocacy group, you're in a good position to be in. And those are really the five areas I, I would focus on uh, for leadership and, and entrepreneurship. And, uh, and don't forget, also, most importantly, buy Andrew's book. Very, very important. All right. Thank you. Outstanding. Um, I, I'll slip you a 20 when we finish up or I'll shoot you an Amazon gift card. But uh, thank you for, for sharing. You know, these, these are key things. And, you know, really all of those things are great because you could start doing these tomorrow. You could even start tonight. And I encourage you to do that. So thanks again, Jeff, for, for sharing that. And you know, we'll have to have you back again and, and look forward to catching up with you with you even more. So um, once again, this has been Leadership Live at 805, talking small business. Our guest tonight was Jeff Cantor, and we talked about leadership by example. And definitely did we learn a lot about that. And you know, as Jeff had mentioned, um, you know, one of his key things is leaders are readers. And, you know, you know, one of the key things that I say is, you know, the more you know, the faster you grow. So you have to continually learn and develop your knowledge. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.